gentlemen, I'm here tonight to tell you a strange story. So strange a story that no one will believe it. But ladies and gentlemen, seeing is believing. And we, I and my partner, have brought back the living proof of our adventure. An adventure in which 12 of our party met terrible deaths. And now, ladies and gentlemen, before I tell you more, I'm going to play you the greatest podcast your ears ever heard. He was a king and the god of the world he knew. But now he comes to civilization merely a captive. A show to gratify your curiosity. Ladies and gentlemen, look at Steve, the eighth wonder of the world. It's money and adventure and fame. It's the thrill of a lifetime and a long sea voyage that starts at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a classic film and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, it's good, isn't it, Steve? It is. It's considered uh, one of the great classics of Hollywood, I do believe. That's right. It's Die Hard on Skull Island. <laughs> It's a it's the little known prequel to that uh, much loved Bruce Willis vehicle. That's right. No, not many people know that, but he's actually Jack Driscoll. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You might think what that's a young Harrison Ford, but it's not. It's Bruce Willis. Uh, yeah. It's not Harrison. He doesn't look anything like Harrison Ford. If you squint a little. If you squint and you're half blind in one eye and got glaucoma. <laughs> what movie are we doing, Steve? We're doing the original 1933 classic, King Kong. King Kong. That's that's right. A lot of people have been asking us to do this for a little while, so now you got your wish, and you may live to regret it. Much like a lot of those sailors that wound up on Sky. Yeah, days. yeah, just maybe. Maybe you're like one of them natives where like these white people showed up and killed your god, and then that god <laughs> took your god away. <laughs> and then in the next movie, your island sinks. Wah, wah. Yeah. Three days later, all of the dinosaurs stream through the open gate and kill everybody else. <laughs> Colonialism. <laughs> Anyways, Steve, do you have any trivia? There's no trivia for King Kong, is there? <laughs> it's such an obscure production with such an uninteresting uh, story. I uh, I do have some trivia, actually. And, I, I, you know, most of the discussion of this movie focuses on the technical side of it, which is really, really interesting, and I'm sure we'll talk yeah. about. Um, but yeah. as I was researching it, what the part that I found most interesting that I didn't really know about was that uh, Kong, uh, King Kong is part of what at the time was kind of a broader trend in Hollywood of jungle-themed adventure films and, uh-huh. and, and exploitation movies. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, the, the, the co-directors of King Kong, Marion Cooper and Ernest uh, Shodzak, had previously worked either as co-directors or as directors and producers or in various combinations on a couple of these so-called jungle pictures, including, yeah. uh, including one called Chang, A Drama of the Wilderness. There was another right. one called Rango. And then the film that they released uh, just the year before King Kong that they were producing roughly at the same time called The Most Dangerous Game, an adaptation of yeah. the, the famous short story. A lot of the same people worked on The, the, yeah. the Most Dangerous Game. Yeah, Fay Ray and Robert Armstrong were both in it. They shot on some of the same sets. And it, you know, yeah. the, the, that island also has sort of a jungle on it. So that was... Um, but unfortunately, one of Kong's predecessors is also this notorious fake documentary called Ingaji. That was, oh, yes, Ingaji. Yes, that was released in 1930. 
which was it was presented as a documentary, but it wasn't. It was, oh yeah, it was. It was shot in in Los Angeles, yep. um, and uh, and it's and it features white actors in blackface. Yay, we love uh-huh. those. Um, yeah. and they're playing natives of the Belgian Congo, and uh, it was an it was a, a very sort of it was an exploitation movie, and it included a scene that implies sex between a human woman and a gorilla. So yeah. uh, the uh, the MPDPA, which was the predecessor to the MPAA. <laughs> Uh, at the time, sort of just yeah. wa- washed its hands of it and said, "Nope, it's, we're, we don't want anything to do with it." Um, and uh, Ingaji is not technically a lost film, since there are still a few prints of it that we know. No exist. one wants to see it. Yeah, it's never been released <laughs> on home video. It probably never will be. No one gives a fuck. No one wants to see this piece. Yeah, of shit. it's not like historically. It, it's not like it's historically notable, like Birth of a Nation or something, where people would want to see it for some kind of you know for a film school type of thing. It's just like this weird, yeah. embarrassing curiosity. But it was also, of course, financially successful during its original theatrical run, and it was actually the success of Ingaji that motivated RKO Pictures to agree to develop King Kong because they thought, well, we're getting another jungle picture and this will be a big hit for us, which it was. But yeah. fortunately, it doesn't have a whole lot in common with Ingaji, at least not to the extent no. that Ingaji is. Yeah, but, we uh, never see, see Kong actually. No. Fuck favorite. No, it doesn't go that far. But yeah, so that's... He just fingers her. It's, yeah, it sniffs <laughs> his fingers. Hmm, what's that? But yeah. That's so, great. So that's Thanks. my trivia, that one of the forebears of King Kong was this awful, completely... Completely forgotten and probably for good uh, movie called Ingaji. Yeah, I have some trivia. This uh, was originally based on an idea from a writer by the name of Edgar Wallace, and he got it in his head that he wanted to see a gorilla fight a Komodo dragon. Yeah, that was the extent of the movie. At first, he was like, "I want to see a gorilla and a Komodo <laughs> dragon fight." That was it. He he was a writer. He was a writer. He he wrote a lot of stuff. You know, like a like a book writer. Yeah. Came up with some science fiction concepts on his own, like mirror universes and stuff like that. He was he was pretty prolific. He was also very flowery, and he wrote the original treatment for this script, just called Kong. And it was so flowery that they said we'd got to knock this stuff down. Long speeches <laughs> and all this other bullshit. We want to just see the gorilla fight the Komodo dragon. There was a couple of things they wanted to do. One of them was to get a real gorilla and a real Komodo dragon to fight. Hmm. That's right, everybody. They wanted to get real animals to fight each other. Yay. Filmed cockfights. That always works. Yeah, except between a gorilla and a Komodo dragon. There's a little bit of a size disparity there. Just a tiny bit. A little bit. Anyway, that's the extent of the trivia that I wish to share. So let's get on to who made it. You ready? I'm ready. All right. It was directed by Marion C. Cooper, who also directed Son of Kong. And um, Marion was mostly in charge of the special effects, right? Yeah. He was going to do all the special effects shots where they did rear uh, rear screen projection, and he didn't oversee the stop motion stop motion did he he did uh, no, he, he might did. have overseen it but it was willis o'brien who really yeah willis did o'brien yeah. is the one yeah, that didn't even get a little credit in the thing that i pulled up but he's the most famous thing in the movie because he's the one that did all the con crap yeah right yeah and all the penis snake monster stuff and the tyrannosaurus <laughs> and all the other things um and the other director is ernest b Showedzak, thank you for saying it correctly. I was going to say Showedzak or something like that. <laughs> Who directed Mighty Joe Young yeah. later on. And uh, 
so they couldn't get away from the giant monkey movies, so they just kept doing them and doing them. The people like the giant monkeys. Give them what they want. That's right. It was produced by Marion C. Cooper and Ernest B. Schoetzak. Screenplay by James Creelman, who wrote The Most Dangerous Game, which was a movie right right before this. And also Ruth Rose. Now, Ruth uh, was a woman, believe it or not, working in Hollywood. And what she basically did was she took the original screenplay from Edgar Wallace, and she chopped that way down. <laughs> like, she chopped it way down. And she's credited with the last line of the of the film, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't see how that's possible, because that line is said in various forms at least 500,000 times by one character yeah. during, the, during this film. Well, she went back and put it in. <laughs> she said, we need to set this up so it makes sense. Yeah. And so she also wrote Son of Kong and Mighty Joe Young. So she couldn't get away from the monkey movies either. She had a lot of giant monkey stories to tell. And guys, before you crawl out of your skin, I know he's an ape, <laughs> but monkey movie is funnier to say. Exactly. Okay? <laughs> It has the right Ape number. The movie has no flow. It has the it's right number of comedic. syllables. It has the two M's. It's got a K in there. That's right. You can play with it yeah. in your mouth. Monkey movie. Giant I like monkey that movie. monkey movie. Yeah. Ape movie. There's the hard consonant in ape that makes you stop the flow. That's right. And sometimes you need to set the factual truth aside to attain right. a higher truth. Like this movie. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the higher, uh, the higher, what? The higher, what was it? What, what, they set aside a lot of factual stuff. <laughs> What was what was the thing that they were setting all that aside? Women suck. Was uh, that it? <laughs> don't don't bring giant apes to cities. It's a lesson we have anyway, yet to learn, sadly. Starring Faye Ray as Anne Darrow. Now this came like halfway through her movie career. Yeah, like this isn't her first film. This is like her five hundredth film. And she continued to work up until around, I would say, 1958. Then she took a long break, appeared in a couple of documentaries, and then she passed away in 2004, and the Empire State Building dimmed the lights on her on her death. She was also asked to do a little tiny cameo in the remake of King Kong in 2005, and she said, your King Kong ain't shit. Bye. <laughs> and she, that was it. She would, didn't want to be in it because she thought her King Kong was the better King Kong. Um, Robert Armstrong is Carl Denham. Robert's not an actor. What? <laughs> Not in this movie, at any rate. Oh, oh, damn. He'd been in a lot of movies, too, but nothing terribly... Was he in anything else that was like really notable, Steve? Not really. I mean, the only thing... Yeah. He was in Most Dangerous Game, as we mentioned, but you know, a lot of people don't really mm -hmm. even know that movie. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Bruce Cabot as Jack Driscoll. Or Jack Driftwood. Oh. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> He's also been in a bunch of crap. Frank Riker is Captain Englehorn. Sam Hardy is Charles Weston. Noble Johnson, who we had mentioned before and who I totally did a disservice to because of his career, as ugh, the native chief. <sighs> oh, we're going to get into that, it's, guys. <laughs> it's, the, it's the 30s, so nine, bear, yeah. bear that in mind. Steve Clement as the, the the Witch King. Okay, it sounds keep like, going. Sounds like a fairy tale character. <laughs> it's the Witch King. James Flavin. Well, that's a that's a. Uh, I think that's a Lord of the Rings character. Is it? There you go. Yeah. James Flavin <laughs> as Briggs Briggs the second mate. Victor Wong as something that Steve and I both forgot was in the movie. Victor Wong as they couldn't possibly have paid him enough. As Charlie the Cook. Yeah. Uh. 
and Everett Brown as the native in ape costume. There was a lot of them. There were like six of them, yeah. Yeah, there was, but only this guy gets credited? Why does he get to be the head native in ape costume? I don't get it. Music by Max Steiner, and hey guys, I know that we've done a lot of movies from this time period. This is the one where someone really did do the score for what was happening on the screen. Yeah, right. and it was very influential. This is not, not the very first one, but this one is when people sat up and took notice. This was an original score based on what was happening on the screen, not just some fucking classical music thrown over it. Someone <laughs> sat down and said, hey, let's have funny music. Mu- let's have some funny ticklish music when Kong fingers Fei Ray and then see, that'd be great. That extended fingering scene that goes on way too long. So the audience knows they're supposed to be charmed and not grossed out yeah, by so, it. So the audience knows that the directors of this fucking movie have a fetish. That's what that's uh-huh. what the I took away from that. I like this, don't you? Cinematography by Eddie Linden, Vernon Walker, and J.O. Taylor. Three people. Three three people. Three of them for cinematography. Well, there's one in charge of the, the live actors. There's one in charge yeah. of the miniatures. And I don't know. Yeah. One of them just... <laughs> Once wandered around? One of them lined up the fucking matte paintings. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Edited by Ted Chessman or Cheeseman. Ches Cheeseman. Ted Cheeseman. I'm Ted Cheeseman. I edited this bitch. <laughs> Production company Radio Pictures. Distributed by Radio Pictures. Release date April 7th, 1933. Running time 104 minutes with the overture. Boy, did you watch the one with the overture, Steve? Yes, I did. The, the, the haunting King Kong overture? <laughs> the four minute overture. Yes, I did. <laughs> Budget. $672,000, and I'm going to start doing this as often as I can, adjusted for inflation, $12.7 million, which was a chunk of change back in the day. Yeah, but by today's um, standards, just like a tiny budget. Yeah. Get yeah. ready, Steve. Okay. Box office, $5.3 million. Ooh, yeah. Adjusted for inflation, <laughs> One hundred and two, more than one hundred and two million dollars. <laughs> Hokey smokes. Did this movie make a lot of money? Well, that's why they rushed uh, Son of Kong out the same year. Oh yeah, yeah. they're like, quick, get out of Poor Willis O'Brien was just breaking his fingers. Now, <laughs> Willis wasn't included in there because for some reason someone decided in this list that they weren't going to include him. Willis O'Brien did all the stop motion special yeah. effects, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he worked tirelessly. And I think halfway through the shoot, he re- realized, hey, I probably shouldn't have covered this puppet with hair because every time I touch the fucking thing, Kong's Kong's hair looks alive on its own. Yeah. Because it's always moving. Yeah. Well, and you know, also, he was such a perfectionist that they had, when they were doing, they were working on a shot they had to work straight through until they finished that particular shot because he didn't want to have to come back the next day and have like slightly different lighting or have to reposition the the miniatures so that they were in exactly the same spot you know so they sometimes they were working some very very long days to get some of these stop motion shots that that t-rex fight goes on for a really long time yeah Steve. yeah like a really like lot longer than i remember <laughs> to the point is like please one of you kill each other i don't care which one <laughs> Anne could have easily walked away. Yeah. I'm just going <laughs> to let you two fellas sort this out. Bye. Bye. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> it was another bit, bit of trivia, but I can't remember what it was. And it's driving me crazy. <laughs> it's driving me crazy, Steve. I can't remember. I had a bit of trivia, and I cannot remember for the life of me what it is. Well, you... I'll probably remember it halfway through like a sleepy grandpa. (laughs) Oh, I remember. Oh, that's right. My medicine's five days late. (laughs) 
<laughs> I remember watching King Kong with with my mom. Then the start. This is this will turn into the saddest monologue ever. We need to get to the movie. Come on, let's talk about the giant monkey movie. Okay, hey, is this one of your dad's favorite films? By the way, no, it is not. I just need to check every time. Yeah, it is every not. once in a while. You say this is one of my father's favorite movies. As as far as I know, he has no particular problem with King Kong. Okay, but I do. <laughs> well, my dad doesn't. What are you saying? You're talking shit about my dad? Yeah, I do. Me and him are gonna have voice. Hey, fuck your dad. He ain't shit to me. Okay, <laughs> I'm not made out of his stuff. <laughs> I don't. Anyway. I don't owe him shit. <laughs> Are you ready, Steve? I'm ready. To enter the world of King Kong? Yes, the incredibly troubling world. <laughs> All right, let's get on uh, our gear. You get to put on the high heels. Oh, sweet. I was hoping. And this dress that shows your nip-nips. Ah. That's thing. Because it's a pre-code Pre- film. Oh, there's my trivia I just remembered. Yay! Pre-code. Oh, hey, boy. guys, this movie This movie was a pre-code film. And um, while it's not a hard pre-code film, parts of it did make me hard. Oh. No, this, <laughs> while it's not a... What? <laughs> After this movie got re-released about five or six times, yes, and in between its original release and the subsequent re-releases, we had the Hayes Code, and the Hayes Code said we don't want to see Kong Finger and Darrow. <laughs> yeah, and there's a couple of scenes in there where people are getting killed and squished and eaten, and we don't want to see that either. So they chopped it. And for a long time, that was the version that appeared on TV. And eventually people said, the stuff we cut out isn't that bad. We'll put it back. (laughs) I kind of want to see him finger. I mean, am I the only one? Yeah. Yeah. What's the the harm that we're going to do? Little kids are going to go, what is Kong doing to her? (laughs) (laughs) He's just exploring. It's obviously he's pressing his fingers into her vagina and smelling his fingers. (laughs) That's what he's doing. It's called exploring. It's an important part of lovemaking. (laughs) All right, Steve. Yes. Come on. Let's get dressed up. Okay, let's get our it. gas bombs. I got it. I got it. All of our gas bombs, yeah. Steve. we got to get lots of them. Yeah, we got to bring hundreds of them, even though it turns out one is really all we need. Yeah, that's true. All right. Ready? And let's run into the world of King Kong. Oh, yeah. Steve, take it away. Well, after the aforementioned overture... And the credits. And the classic dee 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 dee. Oh, that's right, because it is an RKO radio picture. That's right. That's right. Well, they said, they said, we're just going to do the universal opening, but put a big ass radio tower on the earth. Because <laughs> we're modern, see? Yeah. We, we're making They radio- got an airplane, we got a radio tower. We're making radio pictures. That'll never sound dated. <laughs> the cutting edge of technology, the radio. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we find ourselves... I keep staring at the radio and I don't see anything. <laughs> but, but Dad, radios ain't got pictures. <laughs> Shut up, smack. <laughs> this is going to be the longest <sighs> goddamn review we've ever done. <laughs> Theater of the mind. Um, so... For this thin slip of a movie. <laughs> we're, what we see first, Steve? What we see first? We're in New York City. We're, no! We're, we don't see... Wrong. No? What do we see Already, first? Already, we gotta do the old Arabian proverb oh, that I right. don't think actually exists. That's right. We get a title card if, with an old Arabian proverb that uh, it basically tells us what one of the themes of the movie is Between gonna be. Between the head and the hands is the heart. Yes, sure. 
that's a pull from three fucking years ago, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's 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 the Beauty and the Beast thing. It's you know when Beast saw okay. Beauty. Wait, he was there's done. a Beauty and the Beast thing in this movie. Yeah, it's not the musical though. It's it, they must have been really subtle about it's it. It's more like the it's. Yeah, I know, right? They only <laughs> mention it five or six times per scene. So, somebody. <laughs> What does it say? It says, "Lo, the beast saw the lady, and then the the, the beast fell in love with the lady, yeah. and then the beast was doomed. Yeah, was doomed because that's what ladies do. They do. That's things. right, fellas. Don't let a lady get in your head. I get. Yeah, the little guys will get you in the end. Yeah, I guess. And you don't want little guys in your end. No, <laughs> trust me. Uh, all right. Yeah. So where are we? So yeah, we're in New York. Uh, we're, we're actually at New York Harbor. Yes. And we see this guy walking up to a ship, and, and uh, he this calls guy... down the local exposition man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, "Hey, is this a moving picture ship?" Well, uh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, it's a moving picture ship, and up there's the guy who's gonna make a movie, and he's made lots of movies, and he's making another movie, but none of us know where the movie's gonna be. Thanks, chum. Well, I got, I got to go. I got to go over there and do some more exposition. <laughs> yeah, I got to go tell him what's going on in Frankenstein over there. Yeah, um, have fun in the flicker ship. <laughs> flicker ship. Yeah. So it, yeah, he, it's this guy is a, a theatrical agent, mm-hmm. and he goes on board the ship. And this is when we meet uh, the captain and the first mate, Jack Driscoll, and we also yeah. meet uh, Carl Denham, the filmmaker that he and yeah. exposition guy were talking about. Yeah. And yeah, he's. Uh, He's about to set sail and go to this mysterious location that nobody knows where. And he's not telling anybody about. Not, yeah. yeah, he's not telling anybody where they're going, but they've hired... And he's taking explosives and gas bombs. He's taking explosives and gas bombs, and he's hired three times the normal crew for a ship this size. That's right. Now, I gotta ask you a question, Steve. Yeah. The captain and the first mate, they're like, where are we going? Nowhere. While people are loading explosives and <laughs> gas bombs for this movie that he's making. No, seriously, where are we going? Nowhere. We're going. We're just making a movie. Come on, get more of the crates of explosives on board the ship, please, and gas bombs. <laughs> what do we? What do we need with gas bombs? Just shush, shush, shush. We have to take them. It's union rules. <laughs> we have to have explosives and gas bombs on the set. I can't do it. It's it's a yeah. It's a union. It's a, you know the Teamsters make us do it. <laughs> Ever since the famous Eric von Stroheim rampage of 1925. But neither the captain nor the first mate are like, oh, okay, I guess that's how they make movies, I yeah. suppose. I've never been in a, on a movie set. I guess that's the way they do it. Yeah, but Denim's got a problem. Yeah, he well, yeah, he's got a problem. See, his, his last picture, the critics were like, it's it was it needed a romantic lead. It needs it needs a woman. So they're I gotta put yeah. a woman in my picture. I can't believe it. I need a dame yeah. to put in the movie so the guys can get boners and women can identify with the lady yeah. or something. Whatever. Fuck. But for s- then, for some reason, then, no woman yeah. is willing to sign on to this mysterious project where they don't even know where they're going or what their role will or be. What the movie, yeah, or what the movie's <laughs> or about yeah. or when they'll be back. Hmm. So he's having some trouble finding somebody. Yeah, and the theatrical agent can't find anybody either. And he's like, you're not going to find anybody? Nah. <laughs> and, and Denim's like, ah, I'm going to get him. And he, they're like, what woman will want to get on board a ship with all these stinky, smelly sailors? And then I just wrote down, hey, Driscoll, great rape joke. Yeah. And I can't even remember what the rape joke was, but it was pretty bad. Yeah, well, it was probably, yeah, the, the, the assumption is, well, you let a woman on this ship and you know what's going to happen, you know? Yeah, and he says it with a smirk and a smile, like, yeah. oh, yeah, it'd be funny if all the sailors just locked her in a room and we all just took turns oh I, I'm getting lightheaded Cappy I'm getting lightheaded oh my god sit down for a second Driscoll go back to your cabin <sighs> 
And this is the first time that he talks about the Beauty and the Beast thing. Yeah. Well, that, like five or six times. And Denim's like, I'm fine. I'm going to go get a woman myself, even if I've got to marry one. So you know he's super serious if he's willing to date one of them things. <laughs> You know, to marry one of them things that he needs in the movie. A woman. Uh. A woman. So then we cut into the we cut into New York, and he like sees a line of women who are in a food line. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because remember, guys, it's the Depression. Yep, 1933. Mm-hmm. And I think some people in the audience went, "Wait, I left a I left a food line to watch this movie." <laughs> God damn it! And come into the movie theater to look at another food line. I didn't sell my children to the coal mines to afford this ticket just to be reminded how hungry I am. Ten cents for this? Uh-huh. And then he sees this lady and she, like, touches an apple. She just reaches out and touches it. And then a Greek stereotype just comes around and says, You steal it from me, I kill you. I call her please. No touch of my fruit. Don't touch it. I know you steal. And it's like, she just touched the fucking apple. She didn't even have it in her pocket. Shit, man. But Denim comes up and gives him a dollar. Yeah. And then he goes, A dollar? And he runs off and <laughs> scrolls it away. I can retire. <laughs> And that girl happens to be who, Steve? Oh, that is uh, Anne Darrow, our own Fay Ray, yeah. And then she kind of, she looks kind of out of it, doesn't she? Yeah. Well, she's probably starving and stuff, you know. Yeah. So what does he do? He kidnaps her. (laughs) He takes her. With a look of absolute fanatic joy, he grabs her around her shoulders and calls a taxi and hustles her away. Drags her into the street. You're coming with me, And he's wondering why there are no women want to work with him. He he has a certain peculiar intensity about him that can be off-putting to some people. Yeah. Yeah. But instead, he takes her to a restaurant, and all she needed was, like, some food. And she's perfectly fine now, right? Yeah, it was just malnutrition. Yeah, and she tells him, hey, I came here, I've been in a couple movies, but the studio closed down, and I'm hungry, and I'm shabby, and there's nothing you can fucking do to Fay Ray in this movie to make her look shabby, <laughs> even after a monkey molester. Yeah. She still looks good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's looking real rough in the diner here. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, hey, I want you to be in my movie, and you will get their dresses on board that you can wear, and we can... We can with all stop by some dress shops here on Broadway we'll get you some more stuff and you could totally do it and then she's like I think you want to rape me and then he mansplains some stuff that he's totally on the level and he's he's not gonna do it and she's like where are we going and he's like I'm not telling you (laughs) I can't tell you anything about the job or where we're going yeah, but we're, that's what we're doing. Yeah. So then we cut back to the ship, because she agrees. Yeah. Oh, of course she does. Which, like, either that yeah. or starvation, apparently. Yeah, yeah, apparently. She has no other avenues. Exactly. She says she has an uncle somewhere. I guess all of her, she ate her relatives. I have no idea what happened to her <laughs> they were They were tough times back then, you know? Yeah, you had to do what you had to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, shit. So we cut to the ship, and Anne meets Jack. Yeah. Oh, uh, great, a dame. Guess what? Yeah, the first is like I hate dames, and then they they they're gonna fall in love, Steve. Yeah, fucking fall. In love. They fall in love pretty quick. I when we dissolve to like, six weeks later, it's like boom. Yeah, and what's happening six weeks later, Steve? Uh, well, they've they've been sailing this whole time. They're just about to reach the the coordinates where. Uh, no, where, well, you're skipping well, so well, far ahead. Oh well, no, but that that's where they're going to. But yeah, this is where um uh we meet who, Steve? Oh who oh God! Oh, we meet who is she talking we to? We meet Charlie. Charlie the Cook. Who's Charlie the Cook, Charlie Steve? the Cook is a really, really um, poorly considered bad choice that the filmmakers made. He is a... Why is that, Steve? Is he not a good actor? He's probably a fine actor. Um, he's a Chinese stereotype. How is that possible? What, is, what does that mean, Steve? It means he talks in, in pigeon English, and, he, wa- and he, he kind of walks like rocking side to side, like his legs don't <laughs> properly work. 
Basically, he's the guy that Andy, <laughs> that Mickey, I almost said Andy Rooney. He's the guy that Mickey, he's the guy that Mickey Rooney watched <laughs> to study for his role in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Kinda, yeah. except at least they ch- cast a Chinese. They man. cast an actual Chinese actor, yeah, but or an, uh, at least an Asian yeah, person. Yeah, so he's yeah. yeah, he's like you know I go back to China. I don't go on these long boat trips anymore. It's like that kind of thing. I peel so many potatoes. Oh God, he's yeah, he is. He's peeling it's potatoes. Just, oh Jesus, yeah. So anyway, Anne's like talking to him briefly, and then Jack comes up, and they're still talking about how he's never been on a ship with a woman before. And then he looks, he's like, "Look, and women make men horny, and they can't help it. So women, women can't help that they make men horny. So it's kind of not their fault, but it is their fault that men get horny around a woman. <laughs> it's sure not our fault. I'll tell you that much. And she's like, "Yeah, even." Me so nice on the visit. And it's like, yeah, but you don't see all the problems. Apparently, down below, people are just constantly masturbating or stopping themselves from raping her. <laughs> I have no idea what he means. Yeah, that she's been causing problems. Yeah, because everybody seems okay. Yeah, yeah, no one's like. There's not like men peering over behind them, going, <laughs> it's like with a sack and a hammer, <laughs> getting ready for Jack to leave. Gosh, Jack, do you think maybe it's you? <laughs> Uh-huh. And then a sudden monkey. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's a widow monkey that lives on the boat. A little them. monkey named Iggy. Yeah. And I bet he's super important later mm. and is not going to be used for some stupidly placed moral that Denim can explain again when he sees her with the monkey. Right, Steve? Probably not. This monkey is intrinsic to the plot. Absolutely. He's, he, so what is the he's, what is the moral that he imparts? He's, when he's, he sees the monkey in her, he goes, ah, oh, Beauty and the Beast. And he takes a little check mark out and he goes, okay, that's like nine times so far. Good. <laughs> you think they've got it yet? 430 to go. And he tells Jack what the movie's going to be about, right? Steve? Yeah, yeah. It, it's basically the proverb that we saw at the beginning. Uh, you know, Beast saw beauty and that was the end of him. Yeah. yeah. So remember what I said. The little guys get... He literally says the little guys get got him get him in the end. That's what the movie's going to be about. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, boy, that's great, Spo- Jack. Spoiled the whole plot for you. There you go. So then they, we were in the cabin and they're like, where are we going? What are we doing? Come on, where are we going? What is... And he goes, look, I found a map. And he's like, okay. And he's like, I got from a Norwegian guy who got it from these islanders who got off the island and apparently he spent like nine years talking to these guys <laughs> to get detailed information about where the island is and what's there and look, someone, somebody somewhere drew this map. I don't know who it was. Maybe it was the Norwegian guy. But I spent um, a gajillion dollars based on a story from <laughs> some dude. <laughs> I'm sure it's true. Then he turn, takes, walks away and dramatically turns around and goes, have you ever heard of Kong? And of course, the skipper has. Yeah. He's like, yes. Who hasn't heard no, of I've Kong? I've heard about Kong. You know, I know about Kong. You know, this creature that's from an island that no one's ever been to and no one knows about. I, I somehow know about it. So, it's like, Kong, yeah, sure. Everyone knows Kong. <laughs> Don't we tell kids stories about Kong at night before we tuck them into bed? Kong. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Does Kong have something to do with where we're going? No. <laughs> Oh. He's like, yeah, why do you think I brought all the guns and the gas bombs and the explosives? <laughs> and they didn't immediately knock him unconscious and turn around. Yeah. They're like, oh, nope. I got it. You're crazy. You're- <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> So now um, they've been uh, sailing for six weeks, right? Yeah. And now now is when Denim decides to do a screen test. 
with with hand. It's been a busy month and a half, you know? He finally gets I'm not going to complain because Andress is firmly pre-coat. Oh, yes. How firmly? Almost as firm as the nipples that are pointing out <laughs> after during that entire fucking scene. And I'm like, good God, guys. Seriously? She's not wearing a bra and her headlights are on the whole time and she's like, yeah, keep flowing. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Anyway, he leads her through some stuff. He's like, look over there. You, you, you look up. You see something horrible. It, it, it's terrifying. You can't look away, but you've got to. It'll be good practice for later. Okay, now, in this scene, you're going to look over there, and some guy's going to tell you that we're going to sail out in the middle of nowhere to an island that nobody knows about. <laughs> Just imagine what that's like, and action. You're going to be trapped on a ship with a bunch of rapey men and a boat full of explosive and gas bombs. <laughs> Cut to Infernal Fog. Oh, this oh, Infernal, this infernal fog. fog. But it's okay. They get through it really quick. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it turns out to be not such a big deal after all. Yeah. And they get there, and hey, what's the predominant feature on this island, Steve? Well, there's a big old mountain in the middle of it called Skull Mountain, and then in front of that... Why is it called Skull Mountain? Because I guess it looks like a skull, yeah, they say. Yeah, and, and there's a there's a peninsula area in the front of it where all the natives live, and then there's this big-ass wall with a giant gate that cuts the peninsula yeah. off from the interior of the island. That's probably significant. Do you think so? Maybe. Also, jungle drums. Oh, yeah. And so they say, hey, let's get a bunch of people together. And hey, Cappy, um, you probably know what language these natives will speak. Well, you you can come along, too. And I'm like, what? Wait. <laughs> Wait. Nobody's what? ever been here? How is Captain <laughs> going to know what language these native people speak on this island that no one knows about? He's old and smart. He's an old sea captain. They know things. Now, I have a, I have a really quick question. Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They left from New York. Yes. It's been about six weeks. Yes. Where are they? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, according to the information they drop in the movie, they're supposed to be somewhere like in the middle of the Indian Ocean. So they're in the middle of the Indian Ocean. Yeah. So they went all the way around the Cape Horn. Yeah. And now they're in the middle of the Indian Ocean. Yes. Got it. In six weeks. Apparently so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted yeah. to make sure. Yeah. Across the Atlantic, went down around Africa, all the way into down the Indian the Ocean. Yep. yep. Right. In the middle of nowhere in the Indian Ocean. Yep. Okay. Just wanted to make sure that we know where we are yep. at that it's not something positive that they're not like <laughs> they're not like 500 miles off the coast of new england <laughs> wouldn't that be some shit they would fit in perfectly with the rest of the logic of this film <laughs> anyway um <laughs> so i have to bring up this point now mm -hmm. okay steve i really need to know what movie denim is planning on making his crew consists of him uh -huh. and his cast consists of Anne. Yep. <laughs> yep. So it's one dude and and a cast of one woman where he says that there had to be a love interest with who, Steve? That is an excellent question that I think the filmmakers were hoping we would not think to ask. But that's not how <laughs> movies are made. There's no script as near as I can tell. And and not only that, except for Denim and that one guy who, who runs the camera, like, once, there doesn't appear to be any crew no, either. No, no, He runs the camera. Remember, he has that thing that says, I had a cameraman once, and yeah. we are trying to film a rhinoceros, and he got scared and ran away, and ever since then, I run my own, I'm my own cameraman. That's true, yeah. There's no crew. It's him, a camera, and Anne. He, this is a fucking youtube you know video what it is? it's like what the fuck it's like robert rodriguez and el mariachi it's just like guerrilla filmmaking oh oh guerrilla filmmaking it. come oh. on i didn't even do that on purpose 
just like the racism and sexism in this movie. <laughs> no, that was on <laughs> purpose. Didn't. Anyway, we they go onto the island, right? Right. They land at the beach. And the thing that I noticed most of all on the beach scene is whoever applied the makeup to Jack's face way went way overboard <laughs> because his face is dark brown and his neck is stark white. <laughs> And I'm like, why? How did this get here? Why? Why? He's been wearing turtlenecks. Can you do something about this, please? He's been wearing turtlenecks for the whole trip. Yeah. So they're walking up to the village, and they look up at the wall, and it's a real impressive stone wall with these big gates. Yeah. And they're like, "Hey, that looks Egyptian." And I'm like, "Wait, what? Does is, it? Is it what? <laughs> what is who?" So apparently, what they imply is that some older civilization built a giant wall, right. and these stupid natives maintained the wall, but they couldn't ever build it because they're stupid, stupid, right? They, oh. They're just yeah, they're dumb natives. They don't know anything about anything. They just they uh-huh. just do what they've always done. So they yeah. sneak up on onto the, the village, and we now get an extended racially insensitive dance routine. Yeah, it's talent show day for the it's natives of Skull show Island. Day. All of the uh, residents of Skull Island are 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 African. Yeah, Steve. Yeah, why? Good question. You think if they they probably would look more like like Indian or Indonesian, Maybe. like sort of you or know, like Polynesian, South the Asian. Polynesians pop did tons of stuff like that, right? Yeah. They went all over the place. Yeah. But for whatever reason, everybody's black and and oh boy. Oh yeah. Steve, I don't know if I'm making it through this part. Can we just skip to the monkey, please? Can we <laughs> anyway, the natives see him while they're doing this big thing where they're putting flowers in some girl's hair and there's guys dancing around dressed like an ape and everyone's saying Kong and then the natives see them or the actually the chief sees them. Yeah. And then they kill them. The end. <laughs> Happy ending. <laughs> no, like the the king comes up and says some of the most awful dialogue I've ever heard in my life. And of course, the captain knows how to talk to them. Well, yeah, of course. And I'm fairly certain that a couple of the words were either Husko or Costco. <laughs> I, I thought I heard Husko <laughs> a couple of times, but that might have just been me. Like, oh. Huh. And then, of course, the natives see Anne. Yeah. And they're like, oh, a golden woman. And they're like, we want that woman for Kong. We'll give you six six of ours for one of yours, which isn't a bad deal, Steve. Sure. Six it, for He values one. both women of color and, well, women everywhere, but it's still a great deal. <laughs> they can be traded like that. Why not? Six for one. Why not? Why yeah. not? They're just fucking property. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> But I guess Jack loves her. Yeah, so she has. Right? Yeah, so they can't make the trade. A white a white man loves her, so they can't yeah, make the trade. So they go back. They say, "Okay, we'll come back tomorrow. We're friends. Ha ha. We're friends. Ha ha. Bye. We're friends. Ha ha. Bye." And they leave. Yep. They go back to the ship, and Jack loves Anne. Yeah. Why he doesn't? There's the line. He's he doesn't consider Anne. He doesn't consider Anne a woman. <laughs> That's how much he loves yeah. her. He's willing to disassociate that disgusting part of her, which is being a woman, because he doesn't even look at her that way. Th- right, right, Steve? Thank you? You're a guy with a vagina. That's, that's what I like. That's a weird compliment. That's the weirdest compliment ever. Okay. Now, I would like... It would be really easy right now, Steve, for me to make a joke about how a group of black men steal a white woman, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to do it. Fuck it. Okay. Can I just say- <laughs> What happens, Steve? What happens? Well, I, I, what well, happens the, in the scene? Uh, Jack uh, leaves Anne alone on the, the deck of the ship, and a group of natives from the island uh, come over in their canoes and climb aboard the ship, and they, and they steal Anne away. 
And uh, I was just thinking as, as I was watching the movies, like, how many people have these guys abducted from boats? Because they're really good <laughs> they're at really it. They're really good I at mean, it. They're fucking ninjas. They're like, they don't make a sound. She doesn't even have a chance to scream. Even though they're covered with beads yeah. and coconuts and, and grass skirt, you know, they just, they're fucking good. They're great at they're it. Real good. They're great at it. And, of course, who is it that discovers that Anne is gone but our favorite... The monkey. Our, no, the monkey. Yeah. Our favorite character, Charlie the Cook. Who discovers? What does he say, well, he, Steve? What does he, he say? He discovers a, a native necklace that I guess was dropped, you know, to sort of signify yeah. that they had been here. Like because meanwhile, the rest of the crew is wandering around going, "Where's Anna? I don't know. Where's, yeah, where's Anna? Yeah, know. and Charlie finds the necklace and and he sounds the alarm by shouting, "All hand on deck! All hand on deck!" <laughs> And then they come out and say, shut up, <laughs> shut up, you. We don't take orders from you. Uh, they figure out, oh, no, Anne's been stolen. And uh-oh, Anne is in deep shit. That's right. Because they're dragging her into Jurassic Park. <laughs> yes, they are. They they strap her to this to a pillars on either side. They open up the big gate. Yeah. They open up the big wooden gate that looks exactly like Jurassic Park because that's what Jurassic Park stole yeah. and then literally referenced it in their own goddamn movie. Yeah, it's like, don't, don't make a King Kong reference, please. The game is the King Kong reference. Why do you have to say it? We get it. We're not stupid, movie. We can we can understand that. Yeah. And so they strap her up to this thing, right? Yeah. And then I don't know why, but this got stuck in my head. Bang a gong, summon Kong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yes. This I this island that has no metal have no metal. They have like stone spears. Yep. Somehow have enough metal <laughs> to have a giant gong. A giant gong. Yeah. And guess what happens, Steve? Well, yeah, they they bang a gong and Kong comes in. Look, it's a giant um, gorilla? Yeah, mostly. (laughs) Mostly? Really? Doesn't look like any gorilla I've ever seen. Well, his posture is a lot different. I also happen to know that they were going to model Kong after an actual full-grown lowland gorilla. And then they realized, oh, it's not a monster. It's actually quite a giant, d- gentle creature. Yeah. Oh, and it doesn't stand upright, really, because its hind legs are really tiny. And, okay, let's forget trying to make it look like an actual gorilla. <laughs> it's just kind of ape-like. <laughs> yeah, so he's not really a gorilla. He's a Kong. Yeah. Right? He's a big gorilla-looking monster is basically what he is. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. No scientists to say, oh, look, it's like a gorilla, but look, it's a brand new species. <laughs> Shut up! That apparently was belched from the island side <laughs> because there's no others. And he's, what, 500 years old or something? Like, how long? I don't how know. How long have they been sacrificing <laughs> virgins to this, to this creature? Anyway, Driscoll and Denim and the whole group show up. Yeah. And they're late because Kong Dunn stole his property. Mm -mm -mm. Because he can see Kong moving out with this tiny little woman just screaming and screaming. And that's all of her dialogue for a good long time is just screaming. Oh, yeah. For a really long time. So then they open up the gates and they go running out there. And the chief's like, "Uh uh-oh, but doesn't do anything about it. (laughs) I think the natives are happy to see them go. Like, yeah, good luck. Bye. Have fun. (laughs) Well. There's a reason we live on this side of the wall, idiots. <laughs> but now they're running through a jungle at night. Yeah. Without a flashlight. Yep, yeah, but they seem to... Or a torch. Yeah, it's a bright... Or anything. It's a bright moon, you know. <laughs> and they found his tracks, and they're going to follow his tracks. Yeah. And then they come across a stegosaurus off there in the distance. Yeah. And they're like, kill it. <laughs> kill it a lot. And like, nobody is like, oh, wow, a dinosaur. Nobody... 
I'm like, guys, you just killed a dinosaur. Can you at least seem surprised that it's there? Like, oh, yeah, it's an ancient creature. Yeah. I thought they were That's all That's been extinct. dead for 65 million years, you asshats. I, I would much rather see a giant dinosaur than King Kong any day of the week. I, I guess nobody's favorite dinosaur was Stegosaurus in that group. <laughs> like, I mean... They're just like, oh, it's a thing. Look, they, they may have well seen a water buffalo, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, look at that. It's a water buffalo. Shoot it. Shoot it. Let's kill it. So they throw gas bombs. They kill it a oh, lot. Boy. It takes a long time for this thing to die. And then it gets up again, and they say, put it down. And it falls over, and then they say, okay, put it down. And then they shoot it. And they shoot it, and then they look at it, and they're like, oh, this is a dinosaur, whatever. Who fucking cares? And Denim is leading the group. Yes. And I'm like, why are these f- people following this fucking moron? <laughs> He's like, come on this way, fellas. We're going to follow this way. We've got their tracks. And they get up to a lake, right? They get up to a lake, right, Yeah, Steve? they do. And they go, hey, quick, let's go around the lake. He's right ahead of us. We can hear him splashing through. And Denim goes, no, we can make a raft. <laughs> what? By which I mean you can make a raft. You guys make a raft uh, large enough to support 16 people. <laughs> and can you make it in like three and a half seconds, please? Oh, look, there's a raft right here. They make a fucking professional-looking raft out of fucking driftwood that is waterlogged on the side of the goddamn lake. <laughs> yep. Rather than let's go around, they go, no, we'll make a raft. Or they make a raft, right? Yeah, See, that's, what, that's, that's what they do. They cross, they cross the lake. But what they did not know is that the most bloodthirsty dinosaur to ever exist is the Apatosaurus. Yes. The, the the famously carnivorous apatosaurus. Everybody knows. That's why they have those large, flat teeth for eating meat. That, that's yeah. right. And they're they're very, very angry all the time yeah. about nothing, right? Absolutely. Yes, they're just... In, all the animals in this movie are just walking around enraged at all times. Waiting to kill people. <laughs> they're like, when are we going to get more people to oh, kill? damn it. Yeah. So um, he kills the shit out of a lot of the sailors. He knocks over the raft, and people are screaming, and he's picking them up in his mouth and just throwing them around. Yeah, he sure is. And guys are drowning, and they, they, they get up onto the shore, and they're like, oh, good. Well, they got away from him. Nope. No, Patasaurus ain't done with them. <laughs> he chases them <laughs> Where are you going? Out, of the, out of the water. And they run away, and one guy climbs up into a tree, and then he gets that Patasaurus gets that guy. Yeah. That's one of the cut scenes, because they thought it was too gruesome. Mm. And um, they run, and they run, and they run, and then they run across this uh, bridge, this kind of bridge. Yeah, like a fallen tree. Yeah, Kong, yeah. I guess, has put Anne up on in, up in top of a tree, so she can't get down. And they're running across this log tree, this log bridge, uh, over this cavernous gap. And Kong comes back, and he's like, surprise, motherfucker. And he starts <laughs> twisting the, the thing, the the log tree, and people start falling off, and they die a lot. You see a bunch of dolls fall into a ravine, and <laughs> Jack jumps down and hides in a little cave on one side of the ravine, and then eventually Kong just dumps the entire log into the ravine, and there is an infinite unfilmed scene, uh, infamous unfilmed scene, where they, <laughs> apparently the filmmakers weren't done with those poor assholes that fell into the <laughs> ravine. <laughs> Some of them live only to be attacked by spiders and bugs and God knows what else. Yeah. And they were like, that's too much, guys. Let's not. Do we have to do this part? Well, yeah, I mean, and actually, uh, Peter Jackson recreated that scene as a, a special feature on the DVD of his version of King no, Kong. No, it was in the theatrical cut. I well, saw no, the movie I, well, he in did, theaters, yeah, yeah. He, he put it in his movie, but he also did, like, another version that was meant to be, like... 
like a recreation of the original. I thought. Yeah, I think so too. But yeah. but yeah, but yeah, and it's like it's it's a it's a good scene on its own, but it is like you know, oh boy, the movie just stops dead. Like because yeah. we don't care about any of these people, right? <laughs> it's, it's just and watching they all die, get, and we're like, yeah. okay, great. It's just they... watching people get killed by creatures for five yeah. more minutes. Yippee! Anyway, so Jack is in his hidey hole, and Kong's like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And he starts reaching <laughs> in there. And Jack's stabbing at his hand. And then a goofy monster starts crawling up. Just some fucking two-legged snake-like goofy monster. <laughs> Just starts crawling up towards the cave, and Jack cuts the vine that the monster's crawling up, and he falls down. Uh, but before Kong can fuck Jack up, what happens, Steve? Um... Is this when the T Rex shows up? Yeah, this is when the yeah, T Rex shows yeah, up. Yeah, because like, yeah, hey, Kong meat turns on a around. Stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The t- I love the the body language of the T Rex. He's like scratching his the side of his head, like hey, like he just woke up or something. Like hey, like, Kong, hey, what's up, man? My, oh wow, what a great day I'm having! Look at that meat at at mouth level. <laughs> oh awesome. boy, I don't even have to bend down for it. But before he can chow down on Ian, Kong shows up. And um, King Kong kills the fuck out of that T-Rex. Oh, boy. Eventually. (laughs) (laughs) It's a clash of the titans. It's a ten-minute fucking fight scene where the same thing happens over and over again. And just sits up on the thing. Eventually, it gets knocked over. You know, the log. She gets knocked over. They knock over the big dead tree that she's on, and she gets yeah. knocked over. And Anne, being a woman, can't run away while Kong's engaged fighting this T Rex. Right, Steve? Absolutely. She has to just stay there and wait for for some male creature or another to take her somewhere else. <laughs> but eventually, Kong breaks the T-Rex's jaw open and uh, he wins and then he grabs Anne and he walks off. Now, we go back to where Jack is and he's in a cave. He climbs up to the top of the ravine and oh good, Steve. Denim is still alive. <laughs> Our hero is still alive. And Jack is going to go save that girl because that's what he says. <laughs> the one Jack, you love? The woman that he's in love with refers to Anne as that girl and Denim is going to go back through the jungle alone to get more bombs. The yes. very jungle that just chewed up all 12 of his party members. But he'll travel faster alone. Yeah, he'll travel faster alone. He'll be fine. Yeah. That meat sack is perfectly safe. He's, there's no way that he's just not going to get killed by anything else, right? No, so, he'll, be, he'll make it back with no problem. That's right. Yeah. And what do you know? He does. He, it works out just fine. He gets back and they're like, so uh, what's going on? He's like, everybody's dead. Everyone's dead. Jack's going to go get her. We're going to get more gas bombs and stuff <laughs> right it's been a day <laughs> meanwhile kong takes Anne back to his cave yeah the kong cave the kong cave and then fights a phallic symbol and then fingers <laughs> Anne. yeah i mean can this fucking kong guy get a break <laughs> Every time he turns around, even in his own cave, <laughs> there's something there trying to kill him. He puts Anne down for one second and this big, long thing, I don't yeah. know what it is. Yeah. It's got arms, but it looks more like a snake, I guess. Yeah, it's like a salamander thing or something. I don't know. And yeah. he fights that, I don't know, for a really long time. And he grabs Anne. Jack's following him. He grabs Anne, goes out to this nice perch that looks over out. They're like a million feet in the air. Yeah. And he's looking out over the island, and Anne passes out. And while she's passed out, he fingers that There's no way around it. Yeah, that's what he does. He, he tears off a lot of her clothes, and then fingers her and sniffs his fingers. He smells his finger, yeah. 
Yeah. And it's done I, to goofy, funny music, because when she wakes up, he starts tickling her like it's funny, and she obviously doesn't like it, right? No, no, not into it. Inside the cave, Jack knocks over a boulder, and Kong comes running out and stupidly looks around for about 15 minutes, trying to figure <laughs> out what the sound was. <laughs> Jack Jack sneaks out to the ledge where Anne is, and he's like, hey, I'm here. We, you can now finally do something for yourself. Or actually, I'm just going to try to save you. And his brilliant plan is to c- climb down a vine that's hanging off the ledge a million feet in the air <laughs> to nothing anywhere to certain death yeah thankfully they found a vine that's a, at least a mile long because yeah. it's just like hanging off of this thing they're climbing down oh no wait i forgot one other thing happened while kong was away a pterodactyl tries to eat ann yeah because he put ann down again and a pterodactyl came yeah it's it's terry from peewee's playhouse <laughs> hello peewee oh i found a girl peewee <laughs> i found a girl i'm gonna eat a peewee and uh, oh yeah so Kong kills that yeah and then they try to climb down together Kong sees them and then he starts hoisting up the vine right yeah and they made it like a good ways down that vine like half a mile down this incredibly long (laughs) incredibly strong vine takes Kong forever to pull him back up yeah Uh uh-huh but before you can get them all the way up what what happens Steve oh the the vine breaks yeah and they fall all the way down which apparently about a billion feet which apparently is okay because they fall into water and well, in movies what like I this- saw was I saw two dolls fall into Lake Convenient. You know, <laughs> exactly. the lake made of the softest water on Earth. Yeah, so you know you're going to survive when you fall into water from that height. Because it's a movie. <sighs> Uh-huh. We cut back to the village, and Denim and the captain and everyone else is just sitting around with mopey faces on. They're not doing anything. No. They're not mounting a, to go back into the jungle to go get Jack and Ann. The captain pretty much thinks they're fucking dead. So they're just <laughs> kind of sitting around looking sad. And then Jack and Ann, they, they're, they're like booking it. They're booking it towards the gate. They see him. They go, oh, let him in. She, of course, has to fall down because she's a girl, and then he picks her up and carries her all the way in, right? Yeah, so he can assert his masculinity one last time. That's right. Yeah, and then exactly. Anne comes in and she's like, oh, it's terrible. And she starts to face. And the captain literally, they're theirs, Anne. She's like, they're <laughs> there. It's over now. And it's like, fuck you, old man. Fuck. Fuck. All right. I am going to put this in here right now. This woman was kidnapped by a giant monkey that was either, that was probably going to eat her, but turned out carried her around, endangered her life by a bunch of giant animals a few times. When they finally catch a break where there's nothing trying to actively kill Anne, the monkey fingers her. <laughs> then she fell a billion miles into a lake and ran back, and the captain literally there there's her. Yeah. Motherfucker, you don't know where I the captain right then and someone go there there it's just your blood and organs spilling out (laughs) there there so denim's like hey this is our chance we're gonna we're gonna let's get kong because i want kong for his movie (laughs) i guess i i guess maybe he's kind of freestyling here and he's like you know as long as we're here and kong's here we might as well just take him back with us yeah for the movie that i'm not making and have shot nothing for remember that plot thread everybody no (laughs) there should have been like there should have been a scene where one of the sailors is like there's no film in this camera (laughs) 
What the hell? And while he's talking about getting Kong, why speak of the devil? Kong's here. Huh. And he's, he's a little upset, right, Steve? Yeah. yeah, hey, where's my chick? And they close the gate, and they try and they pull, slide the bolt through. And then even the natives are like, oh, fuck, the white guys have fucked this up. Uh. They have fucked this up. <laughs> 500 people are going to get everybody killed. <laughs> we, we had a good system. We were minding our own business. We were on our own <laughs> island. Every once in a while, we'd sacrifice one of our own to give to Kong to be Kong's bride, and that was it. The rest of us stayed alive. God <laughs> damn it. And so even the islanders are trying to keep the gate closed. Yeah. But Kong's like, fuck it, and he just breaks the gate open, right, Steve? Yeah, yeah. And then then Kong just is pissed off, and he runs through the village, and he crushes people. Yeah. And... Smashes their homes. Eats them? Yeah, I guess. It's like, he never really... He doesn't ever seem to eat anybody. He just okay. kind of chomps on them a little bit, and then... His stomach is bigger than his mouth. All right, let's put it that way. <laughs> the reason I know this is because when the puppet would put a person in its mouth, it seemed like it was really difficult for the puppet to get the person back out of his mouth. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so we cut to these scenes of people in the giant King Kong head, yeah. just kind of lying there going, Gah! as oh. Kong, with a smile on his face, is like, ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love my job. <laughs> and so he, he kills a few of the natives, and then when I mean by step on them, I mean lightly tap them into some mud. Yeah. Because that's what we see. <laughs> he kind of presses them into the mud, yeah. Yeah, and so he fucks things up, he smashes things. My favorite one is he smushes someone into the mud, and then you see a little puppet in the, the, the hut next to him come to the window, look at him with oh, yes. his arms waving around, and then run off, and then he gets that person too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like little stop motion people, like, hey! I fully expected the bumble from throwing off the red-nosed reindeer to show up. <laughs> Let me show you how this is done. <laughs> they run to the beach. Right. And at the beach, they got the boats and they got the gas bombs, right? Yeah. And Denim's like, throw the gas bombs! We'll get them! And they throw a couple of gas bombs, right? Yeah, I think they only throw one. Yeah, they only throw one. Now, I forgot takes. to bring this up during the dinosaur thing. These gas bombs are, are strong enough to knock out an elephant, right? Yeah. And apparently the gas diffuses instantaneously because at no point do any of the gentlemen walk into the <laughs> gas cloud that the gas has been released and immediately fall over either dead or suffering <laughs> from asphyxiation or just being passed out. It's yeah. that kind of gas bomb. Luckily, luckily, they're always standing upwind of the, uh, of the <laughs> gas. And then King Kong collapses, right? Yeah. And he, ha he has a like, little scene and then he collapses, yeah. Yeah, he has a little scene and then he collapses. And Denim's like, hey, boys, we're going to make a million dollars. I'll share it all with you. Kong, the eighth wonder of the world. And at no point does anyone go, what are we doing? What What is happening now? He says, make a raft and to get some chains. We're going to chain him to the raft and we're going to take him back. Someone else didn't go, it's six weeks back to New York, sir. <laughs> hey, he's, he's, talking, he's talking real fast to rush by all the plot holes. We don't even know what this fucking monkey eats. How are we keeping him alive? What are we doing? He will die, even if he doesn't destroy the raft. If we chain him to the raft, someone's going to have to go out there and scoop a monkey ship off the yeah. shit off the raft, and we, someone's got to feed him? You want us to... Let me just get this so I, I make, make sure I've got this. You want us to drag a giant ape behind us on a handmade raft... From here to New York. Oh, I wasn't even getting to okay. that part yet. I don't know how many guys did they enlist the natives. Get your god on the raft. Get him yeah. on the raft. <laughs> Come on, help us out, would you? <laughs> 
But, okay, suspension of disbelief, we got it. Somehow yeah. they got him on the raft, and they kept him alive, and he didn't die of exposure, and he didn't die of sunstroke because he was exposed to sunlight while on the open ocean, which kills people all the time, and <laughs> they, I guess they dropped food that they carried along with them, and I don't yeah. even know what his diet... They don't know what the monkey eats. They don't know what... The, they don't know. They don't know. <laughs> Charlie's don't know. just chucking potatoes into his open mouth. <laughs> Here you go. Yes, you like potato. <laughs> he eat all my potato. He eat my monkey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. we cut from them on the beach to Broadway. Yay. So, uh... Movie no magic. Mov- no movie then? Just... No, no, no movie. He's he, he pivoted. He changed his mind. He pivoted. He said, this is a live attraction. This he isn't a movie. He was a movie maker at the beginning of the movie to get him to the island. Yeah. Right? That's true, yeah. He shot nothing on the island. <laughs> he it had does- his choice of at least three dead dinosaurs to take back. It does make you wonder, like, why not just make him, like, the owner of a circus or something? Why does he have to be a movie producer, since that comes into play absolutely not at all? Anyway, so we get some audience foo. We get a yeah. guy who says, I spent 20 whole dollars to see a giant monkey. All right, he doesn't even know what he's seeing. No one knows what no they're No one seeing. knows what it is, yeah. Some woman it- thinks it's a movie, and they say, no, ma'am, it's a live thing. And she gets insulted by that, and... Some woman says, oh, I heard it was a gorilla. And she says, don't we have enough of those in the city? Yuck, 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 <laughs> So we cut to backstage. And Denim's like, Ten, we got $10,000 for opening night. And Jack's like, that's a lot of money. And he's like, yeah. And everyone's wearing tuxedos because it's opening night, right? Yeah, that's right. And I just need, I need to understand something, Steve. Yeah. Denim thinks that his little show, which consists of... <laughs> Him coming out, giving a boring monologue, raising the curtain, showing off a monkey, a giant ape that has been chained, and then, I guess, telling some stories is (laughs) going to make him millions of dollars... And will run on Broadway for years, right, Steve? That seems to be the impression that he is under, yes. Okay, I just yes. want to know if the giant ape thing will run on Broadway forever. And then it starts this whole, you know, people across the way are like, all right, get off. We're not doing 42nd Street anymore. Get off. We've got the <laughs> Loch Ness Monster. We're going to show off the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> it really, it would have changed the face of Broadway. Think about it. What if uh-huh. instead of what if instead of cats running for 30 years, Kong had run for 30 years? What if it was actually cats with cats <laughs> giant cats from a mysterious island <laughs> i just pictured that they open up the things the music starts and so it's a sack full of cats <laughs> cats just starts dropping tons of cats onto the stage that immediately shoot for wherever they need to go what it says cats on the marquee what did you expect angelical cats It says cats on the marquee. That's come on. <laughs> All right, anyway. <laughs> I can't get it out of my head. laughing at my own experience through theater joke and I'm sorry uh <laughs> and our light <laughs> 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 
They don't understand my genius. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, I love it when I make myself laugh. <laughs> People are like in the audience going, he's going to die now. He'll die. Yeah. He's going to wow. die from a stupid joke we don't understand <laughs> that Steve only found mildly interesting. I didn't, I didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> so, Denim... Denim, we find out that uh, Jack and Anne are engaged now, right? Yeah, that's right. And so he shows everybody off the monkey, and then he's like, and now for the dis- disappointing follow-up, a lady! And she comes <laughs> out, and she's like, she's the bravest woman I ever met. I know, she's a woman, but women can be brave, I guess. Anyway, uh, <laughs> she got stolen, and now her, bo- her fiancé, and he comes out. So far, he has told them nothing about what's going on. He's no. not told him a fucking thing. He came out and said, oh, this is the most amazing thing you'll ever see. He shows them the amazing thing, and he says, ah, but there's a story behind it. Here's a couple of people that were in it. And people are like, what is the fucking story? What is the story? Because <laughs> he opened with, well, I was going to make a movie by myself with one actor. <laughs> Things turned out a little different, folks. Based on a rumor from a Norwegian who got it from some island people. <laughs> Boy, am I glad there was really an island there. <laughs> Sure, sure, half the people I brought with me died, but eh, what are you going to do? You can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. Anyway, Kong! Anyway, look, Kong, and then these two people, and before I tell you the story, let's bring out the reporters to take pictures, right? Right, fellas? That'll thrill the people in the theater. Let's watch (laughs) the journalists take pictures. I spent the equivalent of $500 on these tickets, and now I get to watch the photographers take pictures of the monkey? Oh, boy, they're going to take the pictures. (laughs) Watch, and honey. what happens when they start taking the pictures, Steve? Uh, Kong don't like that none. No, it doesn't. No. Things go downhill from there, don't oh, it? Oh boy! Well, first we get we get the, a couple of of very nice things where uh, Denim. Of course, when Kong starts getting pissed off, the people in the theater start losing their shit, and Denim's like, "Don't worry, folks. He can't break those chains." Yeah, because. And- uh... For reasons. <laughs> and He's been chained in him for weeks, apparently. Yeah. We've been back for a month. We've been abusing him this whole he time. He basically implies that. He says that to yeah. Anne. He says, oh, yeah. Well, we've kind of knocked some of the some of the fight out of him. Yeah, we taught him fear. That's not a fucking ominous sentence, is it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then the, the photographers are snapping pictures, and Denim says, "Stop it! He thinks you're attacking the girl." And what? Then I guess Kong, even though he has no idea what flash bulbs are, he must have thought they were shooting Anne or something. I don't know. Or maybe Denim is just a dipshit and he has no idea he's what just he's saying. A dumbass. He has been a dumbass since the beginning. <laughs> and and Kong. So and Kong, of course, he snaps Stop the chains. Stop it! Kong thinks you're stealing his soul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like your grandma. Um, so, and Kong snaps his chains, which like 30 seconds ago, Denim said, oh, don't worry. He won't snap those. Oh, he And he does it easily. Oh yeah. It doesn't even struggle. He's like, bang, 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 bang. (laughs) You were saying? (laughs) (laughs) And everyone starts running around and Jack and Anne run into the hotel across the street, right? Yes. And Kong busts out of the theater. Everyone starts freaking out. And then Kong climbs up the building and everyone on the street is screaming. There are sirens. Everything's going on. Yet somehow, somehow Kong finds a lady who's capable of sleeping through all of that. Yeah, good for her, you know? <laughs> Looks in the window, reaches in, picks her up, just upside down, um, 
figures out, oh, this is a brunette. I don't like brunettes. And then drops her to the pavement. <laughs> drops her to her death, yeah. Another scene that was cut out of the, out of the by the Hays Code. They're like, nope. We don't <laughs> we need don't to really. see that lady falling to the ground. We don't really need that, do we? Like, he climbs up, and because he's a ninja climber, he makes <laughs> no noise while climbing this building. <laughs> the 50-foot ape can silently climb the side of a building. And in this, I don't know, 20-story, multi-room hotel, he manages to find Anne's room. Yep. And they're sitting with their backs to the windows, which is not something that I would ever do if I knew a giant ape had just escaped right. and wants my <laughs> girlfriend. Wouldn't you be glued to the window? And Kong looks in the window and then reaches in and Jack, Jack... Um, attacks him with a chair because that'll work. Yeah, sorry, Jack. He grabs Anne and then he takes. He goes up to the roof and then he takes off. Takes off and people are like, "We gotta get him." And then Kong fucks up a subway car for yeah. no discernible reason at all whatsoever. As your precious public transportation. Why does he fuck up the subway car? Well, because he he just he doesn't think that's the government's job. I mean, the government. Oh, is, okay. <laughs> it's it's supposed to to you know deliver the mail and and protect the borders. It's not supposed to be building public transportation. Right. Con- so- Kong's a libertarian. <laughs> so he kills a bunch of people on the subway for no no reason, as near as I can tell. Yeah. Um, I think some people who want to defend this movie will say he thought it was a giant snake. Because right. the giant snakes on his... On, <laughs> His island, uh, you know, ran on tracks, were made of metal, and had giant, had glowing eyes. So, yeah, <laughs> he, Kong's that stupid. He's an ape. What do you want from him? <laughs> he then decides, I'm going to climb up some building. I don't know, some building. What building is it, Steve? It's the, what is it? The Empire Building? The Empire State it's Building. It's the Empire State. It's, it's, it's very, nobody's It's not a trendy it. building at all, just yeah. because it was one of the tallest buildings ever made. Yeah, and yeah, nobody's ever heard of it. But yeah, he climbs yeah, up that building, yeah. He climbs up that building. He climbs all the way up to the tippy top. And Jack and Denim are down at the bottom, and they're saying, they're, the army's dis- they're dispatching planes. And he's like, they're not going to, are they going to be able to shoot the monkey without hitting my girlfriend, fiance? And they're like, shut up. And he's like, oh, no and someone goes don't go up on the roof (laughs) (laughs) stop wait come back jack's going up there anyway kong's up there and he puts Anne down and he's like i have no exit strategy for this there's no what am i doing (laughs) i kind of outran myself on this one Anne. i don't mind telling you he didn't climb all the way up to the top, look around, and go, shit, and then decide to climb all the way back no. down again. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Never mind. I'm good. I'm okay. This is not good. This isn't good. <laughs> Sorry, Ann. And then the army planes show up, and they yep. shoot him. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty Anne much what happens. some more. And they shoot him, and they shoot him, and they shoot him. And then, eventually, he falls off the building, and then hits the building on his way down. Ooh, yeah. And then, I guess, doesn't fall on anyone <laughs> in the street, right, Steve? <laughs> Apparently not. And and now Kong is dead, and I guess Anne and Jack are okay. And for the millionth time, Denim goes, No, nah, it, wasn't, it wasn't the airplanes that got him. It was Beauty that killed the beast. And someone should have just punched him right in the face fucking mouth <laughs> well if, if i had made this movie that monkey would have landed on denim <laughs> while he's saying oh no beauty's 
Beauty's killed me. Bonk. Yeah. <laughs> as as my wife said right after he said that line. Yeah. N- no, it was the airplanes. Yeah, it was the airplanes that did it. Yeah. No, and did not have a gun. And didn't do anything. And didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. And didn't call them to come and kill him. And yeah. didn't, and was just kind of being thrown around in your hand. <laughs> his hand. She didn't have any agency in this story they, or anything to do. So fuck you. They, anyway, they, the end. <laughs> They, they cut out the scene where Anne pulls a walkie-talkie out of her bra and calls in the airstrike. <laughs> He's on the Empire State Building. Come and get him. It's finally worked. Our plan is going according to plan. Everything's going according to plan. While the police are engaged with a giant monkey, we're going to, we're going to steal money out of the Federal Reserve. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> you heard, Ma Darrow. Let's go. And then they get in their car. <laughs> Ma Darrow. Oh, yes. Somebody make this movie. Gentlemen, here's my plan. I'm gonna I'm gonna dupe a movie producer to take me to an island where there's a giant monkey. We'll bring the giant monkey back. He'll take while he's wreaking havoc. We'll break him into the Federal Reserve and we'll make out. We'll all be rich. <laughs> That's what I like about Montero's plans. <laughs> <laughs> the only one who could, who could stop us is Superman or Batman, and they're not invented yet. <laughs> they haven't been created. <laughs> Who's gonna stop us? The Shadow, Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy. I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, Steve. Yeah. What are your feelings mm-hmm. on this classic monster movie? <laughs> That's what they say. That is, has inspired filmmakers for for like a long time, like a lot of boomers. Yeah. That has inspired so many boomers or lonely teens who became directors. <laughs> King Kong is my friend. <laughs> King Kong! You know, I don't know for a fact, but I get the feeling we might slightly disagree on this one. We may. Um, you, you hold your card so close to the chest, though, sometimes I can't tell. <laughs> I'm a poker face when yeah, it comes you, to these reviews. Totally. So, okay, let's let's get this out of the way first. This is a movie that a lot of people, especially uh, in us modern audiences and modern critics and stuff, we, 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 there's a lot of really, really problematic stuff. That we have mentioned throughout this movie. It, Funny it, how none of that problematic stuff ever seems to come up by the people who really love it. It is, isn't it? It's weird. Um, but yeah, there obviously there are some incredibly shitty attitudes toward women in this movie, and incredibly <laughs> shitty attitudes toward people of color. Um, some people have tried to analyze the movie and say that it was intended as some kind of racial allegory, that it was meant as a warning against the dangers of interracial marriage. I I disagree with that. Me too. Me too. I don't think that's. I think I, this is an al- This is an extremely patriarchy, uh, patriarchal allegory. Yeah. But that's just me. <laughs> and other people who maybe seek to defend it or to try and take the edge off of the shitty racial content in the movie, they say, "Oh no, see, it's it's a satire of white fear of blacks because you know Kong is like the 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 caricatured, outrageous sort of you know hysterical view that racist white people have of black people." And this is what they think, you know, it's a giant gorilla coming to steal your women and destroy your cities, right? I I don't think that that's true either. Nope. What I do think is that the movie is reflective of some very, very shitty attitudes that were pervasive in the world at the time and are still pervasive today, just in different ways and maybe on different levels. But uh, for instance, the the Skull Islanders have, have presumably been sacrificing their own women to Kong for who knows how long. Uh-huh. But it's only when fair-haired white woman uh, and Darrow shows up that Kong has the Beauty and the Beast syndrome. 
Right. right? I guess the uh, the black women they were sacrificing weren't beautiful enough. Well, he's bored. He just wants he's a little bored. something. He wants a little something different. That's yeah. all. He uh, fingers them to death, and then that's it. He's he like, wants, yeah. little, wants to switch it up a little. <laughs> Yawn. Um, <laughs> so, so there is there is some in, some some very. <sighs> shitty content in this movie the racial attitudes are are terrible the sexism is terrible the way that the the male characters react to Anne, the role that Anne plays in the story is basically just bait or you know uh, something for them to fight over is is terrible and i don't think any of that is there to intentionally send a message no but but it's reflective of the attitudes at the time which thankfully we have progressed from a little bit not as much as we usually think we have i don't think but a little bit to the point where if someone tried to make this movie today um that stuff would not be in there they would um so but but it's there and it's something they've that i think tried needs... to they've done it twice steve oh i know then they've removed the con the troubling content completely so they've tried i mean yeah. we got one in the 70s right that's yes where we they, did. they tried to make sense of the the, the idiotic plot <laughs> and to change it up and try to modernize it and then they did the same thing in 2005 and uh, i think we discussed this a little bit before we started <clears throat> jackson solved it by trying to fill in all the plot holes right which incredibly expanded the cast <laughs> and <laughs> made it a nearly what three hour running time uh, over three hours we didn't even get mm. to the island until about an hour and ten minutes oh, i know it's like jesus christ i like <laughs> look i like jack black as much as the next guy but come on Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, we're not reviewing anyway, that movie. No, no, we're not reviewing that movie. Um, but yeah, so so I, you, you know, you, as you just said, like a lot of people who like this movie just sort of, you know, hand wave that stuff or pretend that it's not there. It's definitely there and it needs to be mentioned whether you like the movie or not. You can't just pretend that, you know, the stuff with the with the, the natives on the island isn't a problem or or the treatment of Anne and the, and the attitudes toward women isn't a problem because it is. Um, it's And it's reflective of the attitudes and the biases and the blind spots of the filmmakers and just the per- the prevailing social mores of the time. If you can look past all of that, which is a big if, and maybe not everybody can do that, and that's fine. <laughs> if you can look past all of that, I think this is a fantastic movie. Okay, I, now you've got to follow that. Oh, that's a bold statement. Steve. I think I really, really like this movie. I think this, okay. this, this, what this is to me is a great pulp adventure movie. Yes, it's you're correct. You're quite correct. It is full of plot holes. I mean, it's just dripping. Like there's so many plot holes in this movie. There's so many things in this movie that don't make sense. There's so many things that could easily have been changed that weren't. Like why is Denim a movie producer when he barely seems to even care about movies? Um, the but if you if, if you just sort of watch the movie and allow it to to pull you along, which it does for me. It doesn't for everybody, but it does for me. It's a fantastically entertaining pulp adventure movie. I do think that the beginning. Is, is a little slow but when they get to the island and Kong shows up it kicks into high gear and it's just one set piece after another after another after another and it works for me it gets me I find it exciting and compelling um, the stop motion is amazing even by today's standards I mean even you, yes you can tell where the fingers were touching the Kong maquette you can tell like the hair moving by itself technically speaking I think the the stop motion is, is terrific uh, there's such attention to detail here by willis o'brien and his people that kong versus t-rex fight yes it does go on for a while Um, it's a a single shot it does go on for a while (laughs) but what i like about it is that it's not just kong punches t-rex t-rex punches kong they're actually having like the t-rex gonna punch well that's true hey i missed again (laughs) 
Ah, <laughs> uh, come here, get in here. Can come you on. get closer, please? The tail of the tape, Kong definitely has the edge as far as reach. Uh, but yeah, they have, they, they have a wrestling match. Kong does like single leg takedowns. He grabs him in a headlock. He chokes him out. He, you know, they, they have like a fight that is actually choreographed. Like somebody had to choreograph this fight between these, these two miniature animals and do it in stop motion. And I think it turns out pretty cool. There also, there are some shots near the end when Kong is on top of the empire state building where he's like waving his arms and sort of menacing the planes. And the, we see the, the planes eye view as, as they swoop in and then swoop away toward Kong. And that, those shots are astonishing because you get the camera movement where they're going in and then pulling up plus Kong is moving. I don't have the, the, the amount of time and attention to detail it must've taken to pull those shots off is, yeah. is just phenomenal. Um, yeah. They find ways to have the stop motion elements interact with the live actors in ways that feel natural and make sense. Uh, don't feel too forced. Like when he's no. shaking them off of the log, which again, that, that scene goes on for a long time. It's like, how long does it take him to shake these people off the log? Jesus. But, but it, it looks, looks good and it works really well um definitely a pre-code movie when kong kills people they they scream for mercy they say blood curdling screams as they fall some of them back as they're screaming and step on them it's heartless some of this stuff is heartless there's those repeated close-ups of him stomping people and yes sometimes they're they're a little funny because it's like he's just sort of pushing them into the mud but that's also but it's also a giant gorilla killing somebody and it's like and these lingering shots of people being smashed killing who steve killing uh killing the natives of the island oh yes that's yeah, great. yeah. I'm just you know, <laughs> um, just, I just wanted to check in with you. Yeah, the, the islands of the. I the, know what buttons to push with you. The island. How dare you, sir? <laughs> I acknowledged it. Um, I also want to mention before I wrap up my my review is that you know uh-huh. we 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 talk about the stop motion and the technical aspects of it that that I think are still very worth mentioning, but. Uh, fantastic production design, especially the the big major island set with the gate and the wall. Just very impressive. It's it reminds me of those big Babylonian arches that they constructed for uh, D.W. Griffith's Intolerance. That some of which yeah. are still standing in Hollywood. Just this great like old Hollywood grandeur and spectacle. Um, and yeah, it's it's an interesting movie to think about in 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 storytelling terms because it doesn't really have a protagonist. The movie isn't really about any of these people. It's Jack. not a <laughs> what? You didn't believe that puppet when he was running around saying words? No. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the stop motion on Jack Driscoll is, is not very realistic. Um, but yeah, it's what it is, is it's a series of set pieces. It's a, a series of sequences that are executed with a lot of skill and a lot of style and kind of strung together with this story. And mm-hmm. so it's not really, it's not about Kong. It's not about Driscoll. It's not about Denim. It's definitely not about Anne. Um, I know what it's about. It's, a, it's, a, it's they about. They tell us over and over, Steve. It's about Beauty and the Beast. No, it's not. It's, it's about what? It's it, about how beauty ruins men. Yeah, it's about how it's about the dominance of white patriarchy and why it must never be threatened. Um, you didn't th- say which, that. You said it. But well, okay. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying that's not yeah, what it's no, about. No. But um, but yeah. So it's. And and it's weirdly it's weirdly non judgmental about a lot of the things going on. Like it shows us the it, it shows it we, like the it shows us the islanders society being completely fucked up by these people. We see that we see like it's all it's all the white people's fault. They come to the island, they fuck up their system. Kong escapes, kills everybody. That society is ruined, and it's all these white people's fault. But the the movie does, of course, the movie doesn't pass judgment on them about that. It doesn't pre, it doesn't depict Why it as would it? it doesn't. Well, yeah, it doesn't depict it as a good thing or a bad thing. It's 
It's just something that happens. It's a um, thing that happens. Yeah. The closest thing to, to sort of trying to direct the sympathies of the audience comes when we get those shots of Kong near the end when he's about to fall off, where he's sort of touching the wounds and he's starting to lose his strength. And he, he has that like classic hammy theatrical death scene where he's falling off and then he grabs on and he's falling off a little bit more and then he grabs back and then he finally tumbles off and, and falls all the way down and dies. Um, yeah. but that, that's the closest that they get. And you feel like that's actually intentional on the part of the filmmakers trying to get us to feel sympathy for Kong. But other right. than that, there's not a lot of that in the movie. The movie is very sort of detached and it's just like, well, this is going to be exciting and fun and hopefully that's enough. Um, and for me, it is. I think the movie is a technical marvel. I think it's a, a terrific adventure film. And it's also, we didn't mention this, a veritable lexicon of hip 1930s American slang because oh, yeah. these characters, they you can if you didn't know it was in the 30s, you just listen to them talk for five minutes and boy, yeah, they're in the 30s. Um, so I really like this movie. I think this is a great movie. And that that is my review, my friend. Yay, my turn. Yay. Hey, guys, I'm not going to savage this movie too much, baby. <laughs> <clears throat> so I haven't watched King Kong in a little while. It's been, I would honestly say, about 20 years. It was something that was constantly on TV when I was a kid in the 1970s. Yeah. Um, for a lot of kids, the first time they see King Kong. For a lot of people, they saw it on TV. Man, did it make the rounds in the 1950s. Yeah. Um, and the things that I like about the movie, the cinematography is great. The the set locations are fantastic. I liked it when they were on a real ship at the beginning, and then they cut over <laughs> to the to the sets afterward. But, I mean, it was still relatively believable. Um, for a movie that had a lot of special effects in it, a lot of untested special effects in it, they really, really pushed the envelope. And let's face facts. Um, what's going to survive... King Kong is the special effects, the groundbreaking special effects that are in this movie with the stop motion and especially the split screen stuff and the um, forced perspective stuff. Some of the matte painting work was really great. Some of the, uh, like Kong's cave looks fantastic still. Yeah. Um, Kong himself is a little herky jerky, um, but no one was really doing anything with stop motion. And now this came out and I'm sure it thrilled audiences. And for the most part, most people went to go see this movie, not because of the message, but because of Kong, right? Oh, definitely. We want to see Kong. We want to see Kong fuck up some shit. We <laughs> get plenty of opportunities to see Kong fuck up, you know, lots of monsters, other monsters on the island. And then he fucks up some shit in New York and then he dies, right? Yeah. But... <laughs> Not to take away from its historic significance. And once again, this is a movie that went over like gangbusters. They released this movie several times over the years. It made a lot of money for RKO. But I'm not going to fault the film for its attitudes towards women, necessarily. It was prevalent back in the day. Things have gotten better since then. But the overriding message that they want to make sure that you walk away from, because they mention it every fucking second every moment of this film and i'm not saying you can't sit down and enjoy this film steve has steve is a much bigger feminist than i am but <laughs> or at least i thought i was <laughs> but while watching this film you can't help but running headlong into the theme it states it at the very beginning with a place card and it's mentioned over and over and over again now King Kong had become so famous and so popular that it fell into the Wizard of Oz syndrome. I've mentioned it before. I'm mentioning yeah. it again. There are people who wanted to see other things in this film by laying it over and saying, well, like Steve mentioned before, that this is a fear of, you know, uh, message, uh, message, miscegenation, miscegenation of the dangers of a black person and a white person. And then, of course, the black person is represented by a gorilla. And that's a 
race that's a racist allegory we all know yeah. that but I, I disagree with that I don't think that that was the intent of the the uh, the filmmakers nor do I see it as a satire because this was taken very seriously by everyone who made the movie yeah and also because they repeated the theme about 500,000 times in the movie this was 1933 if they wanted to make a racist allegory they'd just fucking do it <laughs> The theme they wanted us to know was that men are brought low by women. Period. Full stop. Yeah. If you disagree with me, please rewatch the film <laughs> and tell me what they mean by low beast fell in love with beauty. If you want an allegory, King Kong is a man who is destroyed <laughs> because of his love of a beautiful woman. And if that's not enough, Denim says it out loud to the main character who falls in love <laughs> with Anne. Now, am I saying they believe it? No. Well, you want to know why? And this is the other reason why I'm cutting. I'm going to be cutting this film a lot of slack. This was a movie <laughs> that was filled with a bunch of trendy shit, like jungle pictures. Yeah. That's why the people on this island are all natives, and they got jungle drums, and they got the grass skirts, right? Because it's yeah, popular. Totally. It was popular. Got to throw some dinosaurs in there, because that'll get the kids in to see the movie, right, Steve? Totally. Absolutely. And I think they threw in this message because they were desperately looking for some kind of message and the one they landed on was well he, he steals this girl so we could do a whole beauty and the beast thing when we're writing the script we'll throw that in there and it'll make us seem a lot deeper and we'll like hammer that theme home throughout the entire thing is it good it's good everybody we're good okay let's do that i don't think that much thought was put into the script because the script is based on a story from a man who wanted to see a gorilla fight a komodo <laughs> dragon <laughs> that was all he wanted <laughs> <laughs> So, what I'm going to say is this. I enjoyed the movie. I willingly admit that I skip right to where Kong shows up. Why? <laughs> because I don't care about any of these characters. Yeah. I know what's going to happen to them already anyway, and their performances aren't strong enough to carry the film. The best actor out of the group is Faye Ray. Yeah. And even then, she even lapses into... I mean, guys, if you want to cringe your way through a script, watch the first hour of King Kong. <laughs> Because a lot of that theming and stuff kind of drops to the wayside while Kong's trips around the island with 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 Fay Ray. It's it's still a gorgeous movie and it's still an amazing film to watch. It's 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 chilling when the people start getting killed because a lot of the screaming of I know it looks fake, guys, but it's still kind of horrendous. Yeah, it's still horrendous. Um, and effective, and, and it's very effective. And 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 you know what? I gave the movie a lot of shit for getting King Kong back to the, back to New York. That was a step they didn't need to take, did they? No, but they did it because we wanted to see the fucking gorilla go rompy stompy all over New York. <laughs> and they said, "Fuck it, why not?" <laughs> and that way, some of the white people can get some. Yeah, payback, boys. <laughs> payback, boys. Hot and spicy. Get in line. <laughs> But what I am saying right now is that if you've never seen King Kong, if you're a younger person, you've never seen King Kong, or it was on in the background on the TV, or you think you know everything about it, it's about a gorilla, and you finally decide, hey, Steve and Jason are going to review King Kong, I think I'll watch it for the first time, you may be in for a little bit of a culture shock. Hopefully. Because there's not a few things that are troubling in this movie. There's a lot of things troubling in this movie. Even to someone who wouldn't proclaim themselves to be someone who's for women's rights or anything like that, can't help but see that the overriding narrative is that women are the downfall of men. Or that Chinese people are funny. Yeah, that's or in that there too. Or that black people are primitive. Yeah. <laughs> 
So what I'm saying is is that its its place in movie history is cemented, and there's a lot about this movie that I like, but I am going to willingly admit that I can't watch a lot of this movie now without going, oh, Jesus Christ. And when a movie pulls me out because of the attitudes or its overall theming that it's trying to get me to do, I start looking at all the plot holes. And you know what? I can miss all of those plot holes, but <laughs> they get funnier and funnier the more I think about them. <laughs> Because then it exposes the script. Why is Denim a movie maker? Steve? There's The only thing I can figure is that that was the easiest excuse they could come up with for why Anne was there. Because other mm-hmm. than that, there's no reason why he wouldn't be like, uh, you know, a big game hunter or some kind of adventurer or like the owner right. of a circus who wanted a big new attraction. You like, mean like a big game hunter or adventurer with a daughter? Oh, hey, there you go. But yeah, wow, I came up yeah. with that sitting with you just now. <laughs> there are so many other jobs they could have given him that would have made more sense than movie he's producer. A movie pro- he's a movie director and yeah. a movie maker because movies were hot, baby. And because and Jungle Pictures were hot. And because I'm pretty sure he was meant as something of a of a stand-in for Marion Cooper. <laughs> well, uh, not Marion Cooper. I think the, the writer based him on... There's another person that she based him on. I can't remember. Oh, really? But someone who is famous for traveling to Africa and to these other places ah. and bringing back footage. And that was popular. If you had footage from other countries, people would pack the movie theater to go see it. This type of movie maker was becoming famous. So the only reason that he's a movie maker in this movie, and they barely made him one because he has no crew (laughs) and no script... He has a camera that maybe works. We don't know. Right. Yeah. But is that a plot hole per se? No, but it does kind of expose the bones of the script to they were kind of grabbing things that were popular to put it in the movie. Yeah. And then they gave also gave them a reason for why Anne is part of the part of the whole thing, why she's even there. Believe me, the remake of King Kong in the nineteen seventies, they just fucking found her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She was floating adrift in in the in the ocean. They were already on their way her. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, a girl. But I'm willing to overlook all the plot, the plot stuff, because it is just funny for me at this point, and and I still like it for the Kong bits and for it is kind of funny to me that they see a Stegosaurus and then kill it and then not care seemingly yeah. that they've just killed a fucking dinosaur. But you know, that's just me. I find funny things funny. I just <laughs> laughed at my own joke about cats. <laughs> About cats, the curtain goes up, and a giant sack full of cats just <laughs> drops cats while playing cats music. It might be worth seeing once, you know. No, but yeah, I'm not going to disagree with Steve and say it's not a good movie. It's just be prepared if you're going to see it, okay? Because there are things in here in the first hour that may make you shut it off and never want to watch it because you're like, uh, there's no, there's nothing here, and. Oh boy, is Anne just property. She's yeah. kind of plain vanilla property. Doesn't help that the movie also includes a scene where you can see her nipples a lot because it means that the filmmaker is now treating her like property as well. Yeah. But thankfully, I have a worse movie in my not recommendations because oh I'm still going to recommend the movie and confirm it as a classic. Steve? Oh boy. Uh, yes, I will confirm it as a classic. Absolutely. I will just say to anybody listening because. Um, please, if you like this movie, and I'm sure many of you listening will, please don't feel like because you like it, you have to also yeah. you have to also defend the shitty things in it. I, no, I think it's important to acknowledge them and to 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 not pretend like they're not there, and also not 
have to make up excuses for why they're okay. Because... There's a lot to like in this movie. I like it. Steve yeah. likes it. Yeah. Despite the problems. Exactly. You can like it in spite of those things. You can talk about them and acknowledge why they're there and why they're important and why they're bad. Yeah. You don't have to... Like, you can like something and you don't have to find excuses for why everything about yeah. it is okay. And You I... can love your grandpa. You don't have to agree with his politics. Yeah, you can say, Grandpa, do we have to have the Japanese person's skull on the mantle? <laughs> Stop! Oh my god! <laughs> can you please take that down? I know you think it's cool. It's not. <laughs> Just get rid of it. It's awful. <laughs> got that on Iwo Jima. I know, what? Grandpa. You don't like my friend Jappy over <laughs> oh, here? God damn it. Granddad, also, please. Also, I nearly killed Grandpa with sword. Grandpa, stop. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? It's It's Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, I would like to interject that the plot moves along quickly. I mean, it is. It's, <laughs> yes. it's a re- it's a streamlined plot. It's it. Yeah, it moves along at quite a clip. Yeah. Boat, island, <laughs> monsters, New York. Yeah, and then it's it, you know what and what got me watching it this time because it had been a long time since I had seen it too. Um, the New York stuff is like over in five minutes. Like it's the new. It's the, not a long. Yeah, the, the New York stuff is what the movie is most famous for. That's the iconic image, Kong on the Empire State Building, and yeah. like that's just that's the last act. Like that's. You know what it needed you know what it needed an extended ice skating i was thinking that it really i was really (laughs) missing that let's drag this out let's just continue to passively aggressively shit on the 2005 film (laughs) the one that we are not reviewing because as it turns out it's not significant (laughs) not a classic (laughs) yeah Anyway, yes. so, Steve, yes. you agree classic, classic is classic. Classic, classic, classic. All right, good. All right, so, Steve, mm-hmm. do you have a movie that you would like to not recommend? I do, actually. So, we've already mentioned Son of Kong once or twice. I'm not going to not recommend that, even though I probably could. Uh, Son of Kong is the first sequel to King Kong. Actually, I think it's the only official sequel to the original King Kong. Yeah. Um, it came out the same year. It also had Robert Armstrong in it. It picks up where King Kong leaves off. It's only about an hour long. The stop motion isn't nearly as impressive and intricate but I, I it's whatever it's fine um yeah kong apparently had a child when he sprung from his temple yeah was- i guess yeah um but no the, i'm i'm actually going to not recommend uh the sequel to the remake of king kong because king kong was remade in 1976 by dino de Laurentiis, where instead of climbing the empire state building he climbs the world trade center um Ooh. yeah it's yeah, that's problematic now for a whole different reason um mm-hmm. and and that movie, uh, ten years later, spawned a sequel called King Kong Lives, and oh, that's that such a cool movie. that is the movie I am not recommending. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. <laughs> uh, it's 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 fun to watch with a certain mindset. You know what I mean? Like oh yeah. It, because um, it's yeah, it's it it's from 1986. It stars Linda Hamilton and sort of the bl- yeah. the blush of her pre Terminator stardom. Um, that's right. And uh, what apparently King Kong survived his fall from the World Trade Center and. Has been kept alive no, all didn't. these years. He didn't. He, he didn't. You don't remember, do you? He's been in a coma for ten years. Yeah, but why, what do they do? Well, they have to give him a heart transplant. <laughs> what do they give him? They, they, they give, give him. They give him a giant artificial heart. <laughs> King Kong gets a giant artificial heart. 
Uh, why are they keeping him alive, Steve? Um, why are they keeping him alive? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. But I know there's there's a Lady Kong. Oh yeah, and he and, and Kong and Lady Kong have a baby Kong. So uh, so they do like the Turner and Hooch thing where King Kong dies, but baby Kong is still alive. So it's like, oh okay, so there's a baby. So it's yeah. a happy ending, I guess. Um, it's How not the special effects. It's not a very good movie. It, uh-uh. it it sounds like if it had been done differently, it's like kind of a neat idea for a movie but it just it's it it's not good um as as roger ebert said in his review where he gives it one star out of four he says the problem is that everyone in the movie uh knows that they're in a boring movie and they (laughs) and they just can't seem to make an effort and uh that's that's not even kong yeah not even kong that and that is that is the problem with king kong lives so um it's it's fun to watch as a curiosity maybe if you get some friends together and you want to give it the mystery science theater treatment and just watch it as a bad movie to have fun with it's great for that but as a movie on its own merit not a good movie so that is my not recommendation king kong lives okay everybody as you guys know i like to not recommend or recommend a movie from the same year as the movie that we just reviewed so it's 1933 and i know that steve and i have given the Hayes code a lot of shit and we've given the mpaa a lot Mm. of shit and but there's reasons why those things came into being and why the government kind of supported it. And the movie that I'm not going to recommend is one of the reasons why. So, the movie I'm not going to recommend is called Gabriel Over the White House. Hmm. Ever heard of it, Steve? I haven't, actually. I've never heard of it. It stars Walter Houston, wow. Karen Morley, and uh, Franchot Tone. It's a little movie that was funded partially by William Randolph Hearst. Hmm. Wanna know what it's about? What's it about? Well, okay, so there's this president who's corrupt. Huh. And um he go he he goes into a coma and then God wakes him up by they represent God by this breeze blowing through a window. I see. And he 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 wakes up and he fires all of the uh, corporate interests that are like backing him and then he revokes the constitution. Okay. Uh, suspends civil rights, institutes martial law, starts some uh, some merrily executing criminals. Okay. And then blackmails other nations into disarmament and creates his own brown-shirted stormtroopers called the Federal Police. How about that? And once he's done all that, then the wind blows and then he just quietly dies. The movie's fascist propaganda. It sounds a little bit like that, yeah. When the producers of the film saw the screening for it in L.A., they said, bury this film, (laughs) bury it, no one needs to see this fucking movie. But it's still got a release. Whoops. I'm going to quote the Library of Congress. You ready? I'm ready. The good news. He reduces unemployment, lifts the country out of the Depression, battles gangsters in Congress, and brings about world peace. The bad news? He's Mussolini. (laughs) Oops. So, a little bit of a downside. So, remember when I was talking about how uh, some things were coming out of Hollywood, and there was really no oversight, and no one knew what was going on, and (laughs) someone was making a fucking monkey movie, and these assholes over here were making a movie partially funded by someone who probably was a fascist, William Randolph Hearst, in which he made a pro. But now, don't get me wrong, this isn't a warning movie. Right. The president wakes up from a coma and suspends, suspends civil rights and revokes the Constitution is the hero of the movie. Right, yeah. He, he's he been empowered by God to do this. <laughs> wow. 
If you happen to find a copy, which is difficult, but if you happen to find anything in regards to it, don't watch it, because it'll make you angry and really piss you off. Now, by comparison between Gabriel over the over the White House and King Kong, <laughs> I'm willing to take King Kong's stupid, ham-handed misogyny over this overt fascist propaganda made on purpose in which the hero overthrows the government and puts everyone into martial law. Wow. And so I'm not recommending it. It's a piece I, of shit. I, I can don't. imagine. Yeah, Jesus. Don't just don't. I have. I've, I have. I have. I have never heard of that movie. There's a reason. Yeah, I'm glad I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but it was movies like that where the government itself went. What? <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Did they just make a movie advocating the overthrow of the Constitution. <laughs> what the fuck? He literally creates a dictatorship? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Maybe not. (laughs) And that's it. Hey, we're all done. Happy 100th. (sighs) Happy 100th. We made it. Yay. And now we're going to continue on. Yeah. Now, Steve and I don't have a murder-suicide pack after 100. We're going to keep doing this shit. (laughs) That was just a joke. Yes. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Steve. Yeah, man. Guess what movie we're going to review next time? I, since I'm not even asking you anymore. I have the subtext. It's gone. The pretense is over. I have no idea. Well, this year I am committed. I'm literally going to be committed. Everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the show's going to change a little, but it will continue. Steve finally managed to get out of his bonds when I wasn't looking, and he called somebody, and I'm being put away. <laughs> if you were mentally competent, you would have nothing to fear. <laughs> I am committed to doing the films that we have been referencing for the last three years. Ah. So this next one is a film that we've been referencing. One specific part of the film that we have been referencing over and over and over again because we think it's funny. And we realize, I realized at any rate that maybe some of our audience has no fucking idea what we're talking about. Oh, boy. So we're going to do it, Steve. Okay. Get ready. You're going to like this. Okay. The next movie we're going to review is the early space program epic, The Right Stuff. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. Happy New Year. So, if you guys want to get all the jokes and listen to me and Steve savage a movie that we deeply love, (laughs) then please go seek out The Right Stuff and watch it. It's a little long. Yes, it is. It's a little long. When I saw it in the movie theaters when I was a younger kid, there was an intermission. Yeah. When they showed it on TV, they split it in half and showed it over two nights. So, (laughs) yeah. So go out and watch that. And that's it for Late Seating. This has been Jason Harding, and go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives. When I start cranking, hold it a minute, then turn slowly toward me. You said we were going to stop doing this. Okay, all right. Start cranking. There you go. All right, now what do I do? Hold it a minute. Okay, I'm holding okay, it. Okay, now turn slowly toward me. Okay, is this good for you? Yeah, Am I doing right. it right? You're looking. Now, right, you, you see something. I'm looking right at it. Yeah. It's, oh, boy. It's the... It's bigger than you I thought feel, it would be. It, yeah, it is. You're surprised. Oh, you're, a, you're I'm, oh, oh, yeah. You're a little uncomfortable, but you're also <laughs> I am very uncomfortable. But, but you also find it enticing in a strange I way. I don't. Even you don't Wait, understand. this is really have, hard acting. I'm, I'm going to be enticed. Okay. That's right. Uh, how do I do horrified and enticed at the same... Um, is this good? Is that's this that's good. That's, oh, that's working. That's working. I'm going to crank. Are you, are you finished I'm yet? I'm going to crank a little faster. Oh, please hurry. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. 
That was the worst. Yeah. That was the worst. And think about that. That's not only the 100th. That's the first one of the new year. <laughs> Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Lemmy Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Lemmy Listen. And thanks for listening.